Welcome to episode 43 of the Just Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm Andrew Desimone, your host, with my co-host, Curly Gracie. Well done. You know, you won't freestyle with me, but you'll at least, like, go by a musical cue. Sure. That's not bad. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. We'll work our way up to, to a freestyle someday. Someday. Uh, it is the day before Thanksgiving right now when we're doing this. If you're not from the U.S., Thanksgiving is kind of a big holiday here where we get, um, some of us, get four days off of work. Yeah. So you and I are riding that high right now of That's right. not having to be back to the workplace for four days. Yep. Lots of food. Man, are you just going to go crazy for the next four days? Like It's the plan. Just wild? You, are you going to break, like... Any felonies, misdemeanors? Maybe just keep it to misdemeanors this year. I mean, plausible deniability is the way to go. There you go. We are on the cusp of this holiday. So what we're going to do this week is another show with listener emails. Because believe it or not, people do listen to this show. Yeah. They do. Or they just found us um, through a Google search and they just send us questions, but they don't actually listen. That's a possibility too, I guess. See, it's like, um, I was talking to Paul Elliott, our, our official sponsor that has yet to send us wine or anything yep. else. Um, as Paul Elliott said, it's like listening to the grappling dads, only better and more informative and more succinct. And it oh. doesn't waste his time. Oh, wow. Thank you, Paul. I, I appreciate yeah. that. The grappling dads are are great guys, but they they're not great guys. <laughs> this is voted best jujitsu podcast on the internet. Sure, I, I, I'm not I, I sh- think so, but I mean, yeah, but, you know, I, I, you can, I think you can say we can yeah. say that. I mean, I, don't I, ask me I, who I, voted for it or where the Paul votes Elliott came. Did. There was a the, the internet had a vote, and we won. We just beat out some really good stuff out there but uh, this is episode 43 and we are doing our emails we're going to start off this episode with a email from a listener who's already sent something to us it's tim a tim previous previously sent an email about oh what was it uh training efficiently and like training methods for competitors and the layman you remember that one yeah well keeping up with his theme of very thorough emails because this last one like had footnotes and it was well well thought out i mean more well thought out than a lot of this podcast on my part (laughs) you do a great job um and so he is from australia so he starts out good day you'd say good day back i'm I'm responding to an email yeah so he's alive oh hello there that was really american way to respond to this good day he's very australian with his Hello there. Hello there, Pilgrim. Uh, (laughs) He says he has a few more questions. Thanks for answering his last ones, but he has a few more. He feels it's an important topic in jujitsu, and it's on promotions. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Are you ready for this hot button issue? So he'd like to hear your thoughts regarding these promotions and how does your gym deal with them, and how do others' gyms do it? So he starts off with a quick little intro. The IBJJF has guidelines for promotion time periods, which equates to roughly 8 to 12 years of training. Correct. That will earn you a black belt. No, not true. That's what they say. That's the outline would be 8 to 12 years. 
it does not state that just because you start to practice you're entitled to a black belt which equates to roughly eight to two hundred years of training okay so yes he says obviously there are multiple examples of competitors and fighters who have received their black belt in much shorter time frames do you think that those guidelines should be followed strictly by gyms or is it just fine for the decision to be made under the head instructor's discretion and then he mentions some people who were not fast tracked but got their black belt in a shorter period of time Gordon Ryan uh, BJ Penn Kit Dale what do you think about I, I don't know why Kit Dale's on that list um, not that he's not a black belt but he throws out BJ Penn, then Gordon Ryan, and then Kit Dale in the same sentence. It's kind of like there's an oddball. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, um, no. So the the IBJF first IBJF is not a ruling body for jujitsu. Any anybody that thinks so is they need to go back and really look. To be a ruling body, you'd have to have like an elect leader, have to have a voice in it, you know, um, or at least a monopoly over the the sport. And 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 they don't. Um, particularly they've been losing their their hold on the competition for quite a bit of time now with the comp- the submission only tournaments the nogi tournaments popping up ADCC and so on I'm not saying it's not prestigious to compete in a BJF tournament only that they're not a ultimate ruling body what they are is the most established ruling body but they're not the only one and they're not the the, the defining one um, the other thing to keep in mind is um, if you read the 57-page guide on on the IBJJF as far as belt ranking goes, they're, um, they're guidelines. They're, this is what we would recommend, right? But in every little excerpt, they mention that it comes down to the instructor's discretion, right? If an instructor deems somebody to be hyper-talented, they could be promoted faster the same way that if somebody is not as talented or is struggling a little bit more or can't train as much they should be held back longer in order to mature within that belt so it's a general guideline so people have an idea of of what it follows you know but ultimately comes down to the instructor to make the decision because the remember ibgf doesn't have somebody reviewing your daily work, your daily practices. They don't really know how good you are or you're not. Your instructor, as a black belt at least, should be very in tune with what is required in every belt. What do you think about the people who were able to progress so quickly through the ranks? Well, I think think it comes down to... It depends, man. Like, it's not fair to anyone to hold somebody who's hyper-talented back. It's bad for competition. You get somebody, you get a blue belt that's destroying the competition. It's not fun for them. It's not fun for the other blue belts. Um, you know, but moving them up, they may not be ready for the next stage, maturity wise. And, and, and not maturing like you're being stupid, but there's a lot you learn over the years on the mat. And it's not just how good you are at techniques, but how to be a good teammate, how to be a good leader within the school, how to teach, how to understand, to understand truly how techniques work, not just how to make them work. Um, so being at that black belt level isn't just, it doesn't just mean you're beating everyone in the school, you're beating brown belts, you beat some black belts. No, I That's think just a, a part of it. Correct, yeah. yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be, right? Sometimes your, your instructor, I mean, your ability will fade over time as you get older, injuries creep in and so on. 
um, we all try to hold on for as long as we can, but at the end of the day, we all will fade, you know, like your body just isn't going to hold. So, you know, if you, if you grapple with my grandpa before he passed at 95 years old and, and you just attacked him with all your might, like you, you would beat him, you know, doesn't make he's, doesn't mean he's any less of a red belt than he was. So yeah, the belt rank is more than just your ability. I think that's the easy measuring stick that most people go by, but, but that's not, not the only thing. Can there be a governing body that is going to effectively help jujitsu? For, for us to have a ruling body, so like NFL, they don't have a team. They don't have a, a Yeah, horde. they do. The NFL NFLers. Oh, yeah? You have not heard of that team? No. You don't know anything about football. So they clearly don't have a team. NFL could not rule on a game if they had a stake in the race. Like, it doesn't make sense, right? If they, mm. if they, if they had their own team playing in their tournaments or however it's structured, then it's all everything's biased. And, and not only is everything biased, then to say, hey, the NFL is still the ruling body. They make all the rules. They can favor their team if they want to favor their team. I'm not saying that they do, but they could. And they could definitely manipulate the rules to their benefit because they can change the rules. They make the rules. So... For for us to have a ruling body, you would have we would have to have a completely one hundred percent independent ruling body, and we would have to have one that outlines uh, the bare minimum requirements. And you know, if you say you need these fifty techniques at each level, right? So by the time you get to black belt, it's two hundred fifty techniques, whatever the number. It's arbitrary. Um, then people can at least bounce off of that and instruct me and say, hey, yes, this guy knows all these techniques, but he's not proficient with them or he doesn't roll like them. So he's not ready to move up, you know, or the student can, you know, or he can get somebody who's very mature, who's a good, you know, student, a good teammate who has a very, very, you know, a whole lot of talent, but isn't, doesn't know quite the techniques. He can say, Hey, you can look at these techniques because this is the other side of the equation. Um, but it, it ultimately comes down to the instructor. It would just be nice to have a guideline that is a little bit more, um, elaborate than this amount of time. Do you want to say it now or should we wait till the end of the episode? Let's just say it now. So we're this is where we come out and say we are creating our own governing body <laughs> that will be the one body that rules them all, one body to bind them, one oh, body God. to I'm, find I'm them I'm all done. and in I'm the darkness find them. I'm done. I'm walking. You don't want to start this with me? <laughs> <I'm>, no. <sighs> Listen, I'll be the face. You'll be the brain. I'll be the tight ass. You'll be the... Nobody would the, like me to be the ruling body of jiu-jitsu. No, what do you think that'd look like? I, my, my standards are so high that it would be it would be criticized as to how high they are, which is the problem. And everybody listening goes, well, that sounds great. I mean... It would be inaccessible to a lot of people, you think? I think it would be... Or they it'd turn people off? Yeah. You know, and the thing is, like, I could set... Like I want this many techniques and I want these specific techniques at each rank, right? Even if people were to accept the quantity, the instructor that's teaching, you know, it would require them to be proficient in those techniques in order to teach people to be proficient in those techniques. And then if they're not proficient in those techniques, the students definitely will not be proficient in those techniques. And then that student 
is going to be handicapped, right? But that's okay because then they could just change schools and learn from somebody else and pick up those techniques. The problem is that's usually seen as a no-no in jujitsu, mm-hmm. and and you know, and, and that's why people train at different schools is they they find an instructor that f- better fits how they learn, who instructs better, or who maybe they think has more prestige or more teaching ability. You know, Donahar cannot grapple anybody right now and, and do anything to them. He's injured and he's older, but doesn't mean he's not a good instructor. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on to his next stage in this question, and it's should stripes be given to students at the instructor's discretion or after competing, completing a section of a training syllabus? So you think he means... It's at the one you have the instructor saying who gets it. The other is like a a a group that says know this syllabus. So yeah, what he's saying is that if there were guidelines that were explicit, these are techniques you need to know. If you hit X amount of these techniques within this grouping, you should get promoted to stripe. Um, it has to be a combination of the two mm-hmm. because you can memorize techniques and be a parrot. And, and not actually synthesize or you know analyze or assimilate any of the knowledge you just witnessed you know you need to be proficient with what you see so yes you, I think that you should have something to shoot for these are the, thar- the things that you need to, to be per- to know at this level and you need to actually be good at them in order to to get promoted but I'm a horrible 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 belt promoter stripe promoter like yeah you say you say that a lot in class you say it every time you pass out stripes yeah because it's usually like a year (laughs) yeah you'll start it off going all right guys we know something's up if you say tighten your belts uh fix your geese go ahead and get on that wall it's like oh wait is he gonna do is he gonna do stripes yeah it's like it's like the sign for the apocalypse you know like the sun is like fading and the moon's burning yeah and you'll give stripes away you'll even sometimes give an extra stripe by accident to sometimes, someone sometimes because I, I, for, I forget who people are <laughs> so my uh <laughs> my last stripe was it, it was a fifth stripe on your on your blue belt on my blue belt now it can be an accidental oops or it can be an offense to you you take it however you want I'm not gonna let you take this from me. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> take it as a as a compliment. Thank you. In your defense, I had all but one of my stripes washed off. So yeah, I think you were just looking and thought, I know he has more than one, but you know, I'll throw another one on there. And I, I was I got the satisfaction of going, oh, do you know that I? Well, we have Victor, who's a brown belt at our school, who we all tease and tell him to test for his black belt, and he always says he's waiting for his fifth stripe. You obviously say I'm not. Get, you're not getting that. I was finally able to run that in his nose and say I have Absolutely. my fifth stripe as a blue belt. What's your problem as a brown belt not getting this? Right. Finish um, to finish off. He Tim has a little bit more on that part where he said, "Should stripes exist at all? I do believe they're a decent measure for someone's progression within that belt." Oh, you're, is that is that a question? Okay. Um. Sorry, I I, I, I I finished that as if there was more coming because there is. Yeah. But for that for that um, portion, I, I think that's so stopping there. Look, it feels good to get a belt. It feels really good to get a stripe. It it can mean a lot to the person practicing. I know that there were times where I craved the stripe. I, I desired a belt. Um, I'm sure we all feel that way at some point. 
But the reality is, if you're good, you're good. If you're not good, you're not good. It doesn't matter the belt color, the stripes that you have on. Now, should stripes exist? We we do it. The reason why stripes came into place is to create a striation in the system, right? It's the same reason why we have colors. To create what in the system? A striation, like a separation. Okay. Um, same thing we did like with the belt colors, because originally it was just white and black. Like there's no either your white belt or your black belt. There's no blue, purple, brown, you know, and then which a colorblind person like myself loves that concept. Right. But then as, as we have more and more people, you could have the black belt who's been a black belt for a year and the black belt has been a black belt for 10 years. So like, well, maybe this black belt is really more closer to white than to black. So then, you know, then we, we stole judo's belt system and butchered it. So we did white, blue, purple, brown, black as a way to separate people as ranks, you know, and then stripes became, were needed for the same reason. You can have a purple belt who's been a purple belt for a year or one that's been a purple belt for five. They clearly are not the same rank. So you, you strike them that way. But at the end of the day, you should practice as if there were no belts, as if stripes were not around. I teach as if there are no belts, as if there are no stripes. That's why there's people in my school that waited three, four years before they got a stripe because I don't care. <laughs> so, but you know, but I. But you felt like you said oh, you, you felt that yeah, pride. Absolutely, going the ranks. and 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 it took me getting over that to really, really, really improve. Mm. What have you been most proud of your? black belt or your the gucci belt that you have i don't have a gucci belt oh stop it, you, it we know you do because every time you wear a shirt you always will tuck it in just the front end behind that big gucci buckle i literally would never do you that. do and it even has stripes on it. it's it's uh, those little zebra stripes that go across it no okay well i guess it's a, oh it's a knockoff i'm sorry i didn't mean to call you off on call you out on, on wow, the so podcast okay he he also says what should be encompassed in a grading syllabus? I know that in gyms I have trained at, the syllabus will focus on techniques that work on a complacent opponent and are really only for the purpose of demonstration to the instructor watching on the grading day. Sure, it shows that you can do the techniques on a on a non-resisting opponent, opponent, but it may not necessarily work on a resisting opponent or it will have to be modified slightly. So we're going to go ahead and correct whatever his name is. Uh -huh. Tim. Tim. Sure, we'll go ahead and correct Tim. Um, Sorry, no. Tim. Tim, this is your second email to us, and, and you've been very <laughs> thorough, and he's just curly shitting all over you, but I respect you, and I know he does deep down. Yeah, right. So, um, so first, a technique will always work if it's done right. Complacent opponent or not. If the technique fails for any reason, it is due to the lack of perfection in execution. Jiu-Jitsu is perfect. It's the human element that fails, right? So if a technique would not work live and you're executing it 100% correctly, then the technique is not technique or it's not Jiu-Jitsu. You know, that there is no such thing. That, that statement of it would only work if they're complacent, it would never work if they're live, does not work. Now... Unless you're talking about like chi blasts and you know no touch knockouts, I mean that's like fantasy land. But if you're looking at actual jujitsu techniques, they will always work if done correctly. If a jujitsu technique is will not work done executed 100% correctly, then that technique is garbage and needs to be removed from whatever syllabus you're following. Now, as far as like 
what should be in a syllabus. It depends. I think, I think speed, you know, agility, um, you, your aptitude, your ability within each technique, it, it's all very dependent on time. You know, the iron bar that I do now as a black belt is far different than the iron bar I did as a white belt because my ability and understanding is completely different. But it doesn't mean that when I was at white belt and I learned a white bar, uh, 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 iron bar, it doesn't mean that it wasn't proficient enough for that belt. Mm-hmm. You see, you don't, you can't expect, expect black belt mastery at a white belt level because you don't even know what that is yet. As a white belt, you don't know you know, what side is up or what side is down. Well, your black belt armbar is different from your white belt armbar because every time you fit, you get a white black belt armbar, your tag now is always black belt bitch. And then you, we reset, keep going. <laughs> I, I don't you do, do that. Well, you're, if it's a, if it's a Kimura, you, you'll say Kimura bitch. I, um, I don't, I don't do that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just deny, you, you're this different person on the podcast, and I don't know why wow. you can't accept who you are. <laughs> uh, okay, then, all right, th- this part, he goes, without trying to sound like a loaded question, thoughts on Gracie U- University, specifically the Gracie combatives portion of it. So, um, so here and Hanner have, the, you know, the, basically the Gracie combatives is Jujutsu 101, white to blue, um, basically anybody should be able to follow those steps and i'm not a fan of videos i'm not a fan you don't of, say right if you haven't noticed yet i'm not a big fan of learning through videos because i think jiu-jitsu should be felt you should feel how a technique is done on you you should feel how it feels the technique correctly um and I, and I think you need to have that to, in order to really grasp jujitsu. Otherwise it's like reading a manual to, on how to play ping pong and then going to play ping pong with somebody that actually plays ping pong, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't quite work. With that said, there are a few exceptions to the rule as far as, um, not that they're the way to go as far as learning, but if you're somewhere where training is not readily available or you're just looking to supplement your training, there are better videos to watch than Instagram or YouTube. Gracie University would be one of those where I think I think my cousins did a great job of breaking down techniques and explaining them. And and I think if it's a supplemental tool, um, it's it's okay. I think if it's your only option, if you're in some part of the world that has no jujitsu and that is your only thing, I think that's okay too. But um, I think even my cousins would agree that at the end of the day, live training will, will generally always trump online training. Yeah, I, I, it'd be hard for anyone to argue against that, I would think. Right. And lastly, Croiler, what does being a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu mean to you? Oh, that's a really long question. It's a man. big question. That's a, that's a long one. Um, Answer in three words or less. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, it's a it's a very tough question because going through the ranks, I thought it meant being a master at this. Um, it's not, you know, I, I'm not a master at jujitsu. Um, I'm a student of the art. You know, I think I think that being a black belt is um, proof of a complete education. 
you you've completed as much education as you can and you're you know starting to research things on your own and starting to to develop things on your own and kind of explore that i think it also is a mindset i think it's the ability to you know much like when you're rolling or grappling to make a bad situation good and to turn things that are not so good, you know, on a mental level and emotional level. I think, I don't know, that's a, I could do a whole podcast on that. I mean, that's a tough question. I think it comes down to it being a black belt is not just your ability, but mental fortitude and, and, and all that. The correct answer was a lot. Oh, what yes. Is, what does being yes. a black belt mean to you? A lot. A lot. There you go. Thank you. That was better. I appreciate that. Let's just do that. Let's the rest out. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut all yeah. of that out. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, that, that's the end of Tim's email. And Tim, Nothing. thank you. What? What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Tim. Thank you for the email. Although I, I, I think you need to reevaluate any techniques that don't work if you do them 100% right. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, he his issue may be he's going against people like me where some techniques just don't work on me. Nobody's you just approve. <laughs> Nobody is. Have you rolled with Oh, yeah, you have rolled I with have me. I have rolled with you. Okay. All right, we're coming up on... You know what? We're just going to... That's going to be that's gonna be the only email this time again. And you know what? You and I both have stuff to do to get ready for tomorrow. We do. We do. We do. What are you making tomorrow? We're making green bean casserole. We're doing cranberry um, sauce. And I think there's one other thing. I'm not sure. What do you think about Thanksgiving? The the traditional Thanksgiving food. Do you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Thanksgiving food. I think the quantity is the problem, but I don't think the food itself is an issue. So you like the mashed potatoes, gravy? Uh, uh, well, I can't eat gravy, but I'll do, you know, mashed. What's in, what's in gravy you can't have? Well, it's usually made with like animal products like like uh, animal fat or mm. uh, chicken stock and things like that what was your first impression when you came to the states and i, I saw didn't i didn't i didn't understand it yeah I, I i didn't know that there was a reason to celebrate you know i didn't grow up with the story it's not a it's an, a very american holiday but i mean nowadays the story itself is such a small part of it just that tradition of getting together and eating a ridiculous amount of food yeah when was the first time that that you got to go to you were at like a traditional thanksgiving no, meal probably 20 19 or 20 we're like this is ridiculous well if, i mean first i was like wow this is awesome and then i was like this is not cool <laughs> after you ate after, like two pounds of food oh no, that's putting it nicely <laughs> No, I, I think I think the best part of, of Thanksgiving, I think it's what's often missed, is not the quantity of food or or whatever food you're eating, um, or the gifts that you buy and all the shit sales that happen. I think the the best part of Thanksgiving is having a legitimate reason to spend time with people that matter to your life, whether it's family, friends, whatever that is. It's a beautiful thing that you said. Unfortunately, I couldn't think about that because I was thinking about you going Black Friday shopping. I don't go Black Friday shopping. I know, shopping. but I would love to see you going. Like, I would no, love... Dude, I can't tolerate people's stupidity. Can we do go. that for the podcast? Let's... We, we, I'll record Tell it. You what, if, if by next year we're making some sort of money with the podcast, <laughs> I'll go Black Friday shopping with you. Okay. I would love to see you... I'll get up at three in the morning and go with you. I... 
I've never gone. I hate it too, but it would be so worth it to see you at the front of one of those lines, people behind you, like pushing, waiting for the doors opening. I, I'll tell you, if we're making money doing podcasts next year, we'll go Black Friday. Shopping. Can it be any amount of money? It has to be consistent. Okay, someone just send us a dollar a month. <laughs> just wow, consistently. That's, all it takes. that's all it takes to like ruin your your Thanksgiving. Damn, twelve bucks. No, shit. It wouldn't ruin my Thanksgiving because it would ruin your Thanksgiving. No, I would. The hatred I have for being in that environment would be offset by the joy I would see of you. <laughs> my, my, the hatred that yes. I would display. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You see, I was at I was at the grocery store today picking up some items. And, and it was busy, but it wasn't crazy busy, you know, and, and I'm in an aisle picking up some items and my cart is like complete to the, like touching the aisle, like a way so people could walk or they could take their carts through and I'm, I'm picking up, you know, some things. And then this guy just like takes his cart. It's an empty aisle. It's me, my cart, this guy, his buddy in his cart slams it into my cart and just keeps pushing it. He's just like, what? He just keeps pushing my car. So like, I look at him and then he stops. He goes, my bad. And I'm like, this guy's just being a douchebag, you know? But so like, he was pushing. He, he, like, he like purposefully like ran into my car and just kept pushing it. <laughs> kind of like you're in my way kind of thing. You know? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, whatever. I'm like, he's like, Oh, sorry, my bad. And so I took my car and I moved that out of the way. And he just, he literally put his cart right where my cart was and just stood there looking at some things. And I'm like, See? What a douche. Yeah, I was like, this guy's a douchebag. Like, you know, in, 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 in a previous life, not even in a previous life, I mean, keep pushing it could have happened there. But definitely if that had been like 16 year old me, like I'd have been arrested. <laughs> yeah. You're like, or in another country with a little bit more lenient laws. Oh yeah. That would have been, that would have been, that would have been, that would have made my day. <laughs> What would, what would your, all right, let's say you're in that situation. And why, why, why does everything have to be like like a role-playing scenario with you? It's, that's, the, <laughs> that's what life is. It's just oh one big role-play. Uh, if, if there are no rules, no laws, and pff, he hits your cart, what do you do? Well, if it's an accident, is one thing. He, he keeps pushing, keeps pushing, and he's like. I'd have asked him what the fuck his problem was. What the fuck's my problem? I've got a big, ugly gorilla in front of me. That's cool. That's not an excuse to hit my car. <laughs> and then he grabs your right nipple and just goes, yeah, and twists it. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm done. Cause now we're, what? Going to the- <laughs> no, you're being assaulted right now. How do you react to that? Well, I, I may go to jail. That's a risk lock right there. If I ever heard of one, right? I, I like may, I may kill him. If someone, do you think the best defense to someone squeeze, grabbing your nipple is a wrist lock? I think I would, I would, like slam that guy so hard into the ground he might die so you're going for a throw oh yeah okay oh yeah and then knee through through his chest and then would you when he's on the ground would you pinch his nipple no i'd go until his ribs broke (laughs) and then i would choke him and then i wouldn't stop and that's what you're thankful for (laughs) no my point is like people like that i mean like like there's no reason for that. Like people are just grocery shopping. Yeah. Like that like as an asshole, right? You're you're being as considerate as possible. Yeah. Like I'll move to the yeah, side right. here. And he like he just he was, you know, just parking it. He was just doing it just to like to do it, you know, to mm. show that he could because it was him and his buddy. And and you know, people those are the people that you're gonna encounter on a Black Friday sale. And there's no amount of money that could make me do that. 
<laughs> except for a dollar a month. Oh my God. All we're right, not, guys. We're not doing that. Dollar a month. I'm going to start a Patreon I'm gonna just re- for I'm that. A, I'm going to rescind that. <laughs> All right. Well, Croiler, I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving with your family and loved ones, if you have them. And for you as well. Dude, that was so forced. That was that was just that was just like a obligatory for you as well. There's no. C- c- could I get a heartfelt one? That was it. That was not. That was not, that was not it. That was a. That was a. That was a Hitler heartful right there. Just a oh, cold, hollow. Oh, well. I'm sure you, I mean, you have like the perfect family. I like out of all my friends, you have the best family. I'm sure that, that you'll have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. Okay. You're saying I'll have a good one. Do you wish me a, a happy Thanksgiving? Yeah. Could you say that? Yeah, I just did it. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone else, if you're if you're celebrating Thanksgiving, have a good Thanksgiving. Who would what, celebrate? Who's the heathen out there? Is not celebrating. Well, there are people who aren't in the U.S. listening oh, okay. to this. All right. We fair have enough. a decent fair amount. Enough. That's you, fair. You know, the second largest uh, group of listeners is Australia for us. Yeah, it's a blooming jujitsu community. I wish to visit Australia and do some seminars there. Yeah, I've never been. I'd love to. Australia's two, United Kingdom's three, and Canada's four. Yeah. So so yeah, we have a chunk of people who are like Yeah, so if anybody in Australia is ever interested, let me know. I've I've never been and I would love to go. And then, you know, who knows, Andrew might even come along as well to make oh, things be you know civil. Yeah. <laughs> to make to help when you're there and they're like, Good day and you're like, Hello there. I'm like, No, he he meant good day. Yeah. He'll be my translator. Yeah. All right, well, have a great week well all this about thanksgiving when people hear this episode it's past it's past thanksgiving so it's for next year we're talking about next year all right goodbye everyone (laughs) 